Hi, I'm Chris Harrison. And no, I'm not The Bachelor. Tonight, the journey begins again. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chris Harrison Power Hour. I'm Brian Miller, and I'm here, as always, with Emily P. Heller and Laura Bradley. What's up? Hi. I don't know what to do with this week. <laughs> I this We truly did just dive into an insane Bachelor land that, oh, oh, God, this is a Bachelor podcast. We recap The Bachelor every week and other things happening in The Bachelor world. And this week is the one that broke us. This was a week of television. It's been some crazy times on the compound. <laughs> I feel like the bar just gets lower and lower, and yet we still have to, like, the bar is now, for, like, quality television, is now just buried beneath the earth um, somewhere on a beach in Mexico. Um, <laughs> We're so- just sitting there with a jackhammer at this point, searching <laughs> for where we will land in a few weeks. <laughs> uh, so, without any further delay... We have to get into uh, what's happening with Matt on the... Wait, what's this or something? I Oh, no. There's some news buried on my desk here that we need to address. <laughs> Guys, th- and this happened, in De- this happened in December, it looks like. Carly and Evan broke up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Happened. Yes. I uh, so Carly and Evan uh, uh, met on Bachelor in Paradise a couple of seasons ago, um, and were notable because uh, early in that season, Carly hated his guts. <laughs> yes, a lot. Yes, but I thought they were cute. I liked them. Yeah, I liked them too. They seemed legit. Like, if nothing else, they seemed legit, right? Yeah. That kind of. They got married and had two kids. Right. So, like, this is no longer like a bachelor breakup. This is just an actual divorce. <laughs> right. Ergo, just like a bummer. Yeah, right. it's just a bummer. But it, it came back in the news because Carly said in a YouTube video there was like a question of whether or not she'd come back on the bachelor and she was like no that would be embarrassing <laughs> which yeah, i you know. appreciate it's a deeply messed up question right yeah. like even if you're a couple months out from something like that again like you have children with this person and then people are like so do you want to go back to this weird psychologically <laughs> scarring experiment and like see if it turns out better next time like, yeah no. no you know what they do you need think to i do? am claire crawley <laughs> yeah claire, carly needs to talk to claire <laughs> I have I have a uh, rule that I would like to suggest to uh, the Bachelor franchise to add some stakes back into the mix. I think um, because like getting engaged not a big fucking deal. Uh, it just isn't lost um, all meaning. Like the word toxic, it's just there's <laughs> it means nothing anymore. Well, there's nothing legally binding. It doesn't mean anything. Neoline um, is Neoline is sparkling, but not contractually binding. Yes. Right. <laughs> Exactly. And I say that as a man who has been engaged and is now happily married. It doesn't fuck. It's fine. It literally doesn't mean anything. Um, But so what I what I would suggest is if you get engaged on the franchise, you may not return to the franchise. You have retired from the franchise. Yeah, I like it. I'm into it. Simple, elegant, wonderful. And then there's some fucking stakes. Yeah. (laughs) Because you can say no to the fucking bachelor and potentially get a you know get on that paradise. It does become a little less like musical chairs of engagements that way, uh, which might benefit everybody involved. Well, because that's the annoying thing. I love Bachelor in Paradise. It is it is my beautiful chaos angel of television. Um, but getting engaged on that show used to be like holy shit. And now it's kind of expected. And I don't 
like that. I don't want people to get engaged on Paradise. It's meaningless. No. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I like this rule, and I like the idea of Paradise being less engagement-y. <laughs> it's just hot people who want to make out on a beach. Don't Don't bring sparkly rocks into this. I think it's almost because that way, like, it dilutes the pool of unsuccessful Bachelor and Bachelorette seasons. Like, the, <laughs> yes. the number of engagements, like, that the franchise can claim and sort of weddings that it can claim that have started. You know what I mean? It, like, raises yeah. the average for everybody. It feels like, feels like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the move. Chris, if you're listening. <laughs> We're on to you, Chris. Daddy, we're on to your shenanigans. <laughs> All right. We're, uh, we've been putting it off. Uh, I think it's time to dive into the absolute goddamn mess that was <sighs> this week. So we, uh, we return to the Bachelor compound and the adventures of a boring, handsome man at <laughs> the Worst Human Beings Alive convention. <laughs> so awful. Such um, bad energy. So we are coming in hot on a rose ceremony and we see, uh, or, or a cocktail party. Uh, and we see Matt, uh, bring up what Katie told him about the night before, which is that, uh, there's a rumor going around about one of the women, uh, that is potentially damaging, uh, whether, you know, that is of course, uh, a, uh, nut to crack in of itself. Um, but it's, worth noting the woman does not want this rumor about her being spread um and uh just the general nature of the house at the the compound at the moment and uh that basically sends all of the perpetrators into panic mode oh my gosh anna's mouth gets so <laughs> tiny when <laughs> brings this up it's like her entire body is a black hole getting <laughs> absorbed into her mouth. Like I, it, I felt my face do this when I'm stressed, and you can, you really can't see yes. it happening in real time. It's a full blown. I am in trouble now. It's beautiful. The number of people also who just reacted by whether consciously doing this or not, just straight up going into denial mode of being like, oh, wow, that environment in the house, who who could have thought? Like, <laughs> There is a full... A, a, we see it most, I, I think, with Victoria. Uh, well, I, I want to save that. Yeah. Um, but uh, so getting, getting to uh, Anna real fast. Anna is the first in the bloodbathery that takes place. Uh, uh, Matt st uh, takes Anna aside, confronts her about uh, what she said and has been saying around the house and the, the environment she has been creating and sends her home. She's been creating an environment that's so toxic. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I was I was surprised to see him pretty bluntly send her home, but I, I was happy to see it. I think this this is the most I've liked Matt. I think he was very clear about this. I don't think you're a bad person. I understand this is a high stress environment and people make mistakes, but I don't have the time right now to deal with that i got yeah. 15 other hot ladies here <laughs> who, who, are haven't, all, who are who all haven't started a mess like this uh yeah and and i just i really respect that i think matt has done a really good job so far of validating mm. these women um when they are sharing things um be they their dad is very sick or <laughs> Right. <laughs> um they feel insecure that sort of thing he's very good about validating and the fact that he chose not to when anna was so clearly right needing think, him to validate her and he was like no i think it is i mean in terms of we've talked about sort of how much do bachelors actually do how many decisions besides showing up with an oiled chest do they make <laughs> and like in terms of initiative within this franchise i felt like watching him and we won't get into it but like getting into it with anna and victoria and later you know just all of these sort of feats i just kept feeling like 
I was watching Atlas like lift a giant boulder <laughs> in terms of the amount of initiative relative to what I am used to seeing from these men. Like yes. I do, he's he's been a good listener and I did really like that he sort of not only validate, took into what, took what every woman was saying into account and validated it, but then also made a very concrete and swift plan to act on it and did. Like, again, this is what I mean. Like, I just, I, I felt like I was wa watching some sort of Herculean feat compared to what we normally get in terms of problem solving. Oh, absolutely. And I think, again, it comes back to, I, I think him not having been on the show before has been a weakness in um, some of the previous episodes. I think it is a strength here because he is not used to being a contestant on the show and kind of being at the mercy of the producers and kind of being conditioned to listen to his handlers for the most part. Um, I think he has a little more autonomy here to just be like, this is what I'm going to do. Was it that? Because I, to, to put on my tinfoil hat, I kept, <laughs> I kept almost feeling like the producers had encouraged this outcome, the cleaning house, the cathartic release of all the toxicity and like, basically like not like in addition to what katie said like kind of flagged for matt what was going on and gave him sort of like more help than they typically provide because they knew that it would be really fun to watch these people topple in rapid succession and they just brought in a bunch of new people so they kind of need to get rid of some anyway you know what i mean yeah. am i crazy no i <laughs> we I'm... are in week five we gotta start losing some folks yeah, yeah. Like, i just feel like this was like a very like this was a storytelling opportunity that's, I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving Matt enough credit in that room. Like I keep going back and forth. These are the sorts of two, sort of two ideas that are going back and forth in my head. I, I would imagine that producers really encouraged this. Um, but I also think there are other examples of um, Matt doing things a little differently in a way that True. I think the producers encourage and enjoy, but have not um, specifically said like oh you should go do that stuff like he has on a couple of occasions been the one to like grab one of the women on a cocktail party and be like hey can we, go can we go talk which is not a thing that the lead of the show usually does um and then what we'll talk about later later in this episode he walks into a um itm shot and it's yes. <laughs> just starts making out with Piper. It's like, okay. All right. But yeah. The the quickness of the Anna breakup really does confirm to me what I have suspected for weeks, which is that like for all of her frustration over not having had the time with Matt, I feel like there is a reason that she hasn't had the time and it's that he was never particularly enthusiastic about her. Yeah. Like I just sure. do not think he was into her. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so after Anna gets Anna gets walked out uh, and uh, put into a car, and I do have a moment of like, you know, she's facing consequences for her own actions. Uh, but it's it, it was striking to me of like when you go on The Bachelor, you don't think this is going to be you. <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't. Like, oh my god, how embarrassing does that have to be? This is what yeah. it looks like when someone realizes they're not even getting invited back for BIP. Like, this is <laughs> what it looks like. <laughs> when you're just yeah. like, oh, I'm done. Like, forever. This is it. <laughs> just, you don't, you are not going to be the good guy. Uh, you are going to be the villain of the TV show. And no one, no one goes in, not no one. Like, there are some people who lean into that, and then there are some people who rise to the occasion. <laughs> um, but Anna getting sent home then begins the burgeoning. And this is panic mode for... Yeah. <laughs> the immediate panic that Victoria see, like, that, that she displays the moment that we see Anna heading for the breakup van is really something. It's amazing. <laughs> She immediately shifts. You can see in her fucking brain. Okay, I'm going to control this narrative. <laughs> She's backpedaling so fast. You can almost imagine her just going straight through a brick wall and like leaving a shape of herself. In the yeah. Way. Like, <laughs> just like, oh, gotta fix it, gotta fix it, gotta fix it. 
And it was fun. Yeah. And it was, I, I kept, there was one incident of it, especially, but it did feel like she was getting into conversations, just being like, so this is how we both see this, right? <laughs> like as a playful, fun thing. And then when the person's like, no, she would just shuck and run. <laughs> right. Like she did this with Catalina where she's like, so you know that like me taking your crown wasn't malicious. And Catalina's basically like, sure, but also like it sucked. <laughs> and, and then shuck and run. <laughs> Just so many of those. And then Ryan, I think, was the sort of most intense example of this. If we want to go, like, is it... We can get into that, right? Yeah, yeah let's do ahead. it. I mean, that was sort of the really big one, is when Victoria essentially pulls Ryan, who is another one of these uh, incoming new women among the five women who are just added, uh, her and Catalina both, uh, takes Ryan aside and is like, you know, oh, you know, all of it was joking. It was all in good fun. And Ryan says what she says a couple of times in this episode, which is essentially that Victoria's apology feels very convenient. Mm -hmm. And yep. sudden, it's like this realization of right and wrong is very sudden considering what we just witnessed. And I, you, you got to respect her. She very much knows exactly what is happening and refuses to play with it at all. There is literally footage at the top of the episode of like Victoria on a walk with uh, Kit. Kit, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Kit. And, like literally saying in so few words, I fucking hate them. <laughs> like literally, that opening is one of my favorite cold opens we've ever seen. <laughs> They're getting real creative with the cold opens this season. Like this is such a you know if they really. If these women weren't bullies, they're getting one of the cruelest edits of all time. <laughs> so I don't know how to square that in my head, but just like in terms of sort of those quick cuts that really put all of the hypocrisy and sort of viciousness on display, they really are, like you said, Emily, getting creative in terms of how to <laughs> just how to show that. Um, so uh, Victoria is a caged fucking animal. I, will, I wrote um, down what Katie said because I thought it was really great. <laughs> she said, I think the reason people are so upset is that they messed up and they know it. It's like, that is a very succinct explanation of what is happening here. This Thank you again, happened. Katie. You are our favorite. <laughs> really the MVP of the season. Yeah. Um, and then MJ is also in some trouble. She's also in the crosshairs. Um, she's she, also doing some cleaning up. But she hasn't quite realized it yet. She's still like, the fun thing about this episode, to me, one of the clever tricks of editing is that they actually, she seems, whether or not she felt this way, she seems completely fine. Like she seems to be kind of sailing through being like, ah, la la, everything's great. And then it's not until later that she realizes her name has come up at which point she does a quick about face, which I'm not going right. to get into, but like for right. right now, she still seems blissfully happy. Right. And I think it, it it's worth pointing out in this instance, in this cocktail party at the beginning of the episode, MJ's tone is very trying to play the role of the peacemaker. She keeps yes. saying, like, if you have a problem, you can come to me and talk to me as if that's how any of this works. Right. right. She does specific... I don't remember who she says that to, but I did also make a note that she made it a point to say that which get just given like of everybody this season i won't get into it but all i will say is that of everybody this season for weeks i have just been getting such dark vibes yes. off of this person. <laughs> one might say toxic and so like to to have her like to have that come out of her mouth it was just like i did sort of snort i was like okay <laughs> i never approach you to Guys. talk about Thing. Guys, she leads by example. <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get, later. It, we'll get into, we'll get into yeah, that. So Ryan is not having any of Victoria's apologies, and eventually, I think the next thing happens is that Ryan talks to Matt. Right? That is yeah. where this ends up heading. Yep. Yes. Uh, in uh, Matt's in kind of some detective mode. Uh, he really is. Uh, seems to be gathering information of seeing who uh needs to go in the purging. Uh, <laughs> And um, does uh, anything come up with Ryan? I forget. Yes, yes. This is when Ryan tells Matt that essentially Victoria is really the person she's been having issues with. And that it was Victoria who said that because she's a dancer, she's a hoe. Right. Um, which, you know, that 
Victoria has a defense for herself later, which we can get into later, but uh, that is essentially like the main uh, piece of information that distresses Matt in this conversation is that uh, Victoria has been repeatedly belittling the new group, like all of the new women, uh, and that specifically she, when she's been picking on Ryan, that was one of the things that she said, and Ryan cries as she's describing this part of it. Uh, and Matt is clearly very like affected by this and wants to sort of again validate Ryan's feelings and sort of draw a line in the same in, in the sand that this behavior is not tolerated. Mm -hmm. Blah blah blah. Uh, which I then believe leads directly to a conversation with Victoria. I think so. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. Uh, <laughs> this is where now Victoria knows she. Oh, well, Victoria talks to Ryan. Ryan says. Mm -hmm. I brought you up. Uh, <laughs> and that's where we now see the full caged animal element of Victoria. Uh, and then she ends up one-on-one -on -one with Matt. Yes. And uh, it goes bad for her? Yes. Um, <laughs> she, claimed, one... she claims she's taken out of context. Well, that's... the And this it's is... A, <laughs> it's a very... Um, dare I say a very Ben Higginsy response um, yeah. <laughs> when she said that he's like you called Ryan a hoe for being a dancer and she said well that's taken out of context and he was like I'm just curious what context would that be acceptable it was so good you guys it was so good was so good um and then after that, that leads pretty much straight into the rose ceremony, correct? Yes, there's that dramatic moment where uh, Daddy Harrison comes in and <laughs> says, uh, I'm sorry, ladies, but <laughs> Matt has decided to end the cocktail hour portion of this evening, and we will be going straight <laughs> into the rose ceremony right this way. <laughs> right. Um, so, of course... I, I wasn't even paying attention who was getting roses. I don't know who else went home because it was all just like, is Victoria going to go? Is, <laughs> I, is this the end of the line? I actually, as I was watching the first time, somehow like spaced out completely to the point where I thought she was the only one who went home. But I actually then upon rewatching it, because uh, I realized it had to have been more, I did write it down. The other women were uh, Catalina, Mari, and Lauren. But really, Victoria was the one who mattered for all intents and purposes right. in terms right. of connections. I was a little um, surprised that Mari went home. He seemed to at least visually be very interested in her. They did feature her. I mean, I feel like it was sort of one of those classic red herrings where she got the longer intro and sure. we kind of paid a lot of attention to her in the beginning and it seemed like she was doing great and then she goes. We got a lot of again? we got a lot of butt <laughs> shots. She was, the one who, yeah, right. she was the one who like they did so many butt shots i, do, I didn't I, I have not noticed as many butt shots as you guys did <laughs> has had, it was just that night one had a lot of butt shots but i didn't, uh, even, I didn't even notice it then you guys were all talking about the butt shots i'm like there were butts i think it's i think it's because it's a different um setup than the bachelor mansion there is that long staircase that's right yes. behind him um there were a lot of butt shots but yeah, but who, no, so who, who was she again? She was just beautiful. She's from Puerto Rico. They really have not given her much time to talk about much else about herself. <laughs> it was the one that Katie bopped on the shoulder with her vibrator. Like, Got it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I wish I had more to say. I mean, what, what are you going to do? There's 500 women. <laughs> right. So, Still. but yeah, Victoria going home was definitely not only going home, but really, again, in terms of editing, they got really good at just editing all the right quotes in Ooh. as she's fully spiraling. Yes. Uh, Emily, would you, I, th I thought your uh, take on her exit was very insightful. If you uh, wouldn't mind repeating that. Ooh, tell me. I don't, I don't remember what my take uh, is. Seeking a reaction. <laughs> oh, right. Um, sorry, I have felt sick all day. <laughs> oh. Um, it's fine. Yes, so when Victoria doesn't get a rose, she is obviously shocked and upset. And instead of doing the traditional, like, go and give him a hug, 
and be sad, she walks up to him and says, um, I honestly feel so sorry for you that you would listen to hearsay over the facts or something like that. And she stands there for a couple seconds. Yes. And it is so clear that she is waiting for a reaction because that's what she thrives on. She thrives <laughs> on that immediate. She says something crazy. Someone reacts to her saying something crazy <clears throat> and she gets to keep spinning that out. And what Matt does, which is the only way that you can respond to someone like that, is he just stands there. Yeah, fully ices her. <laughs> and so she waits a couple seconds and is like, so bye. And then it leaves really angry, says she's never going to date another Matt again. <laughs> the so bye was really great. And it is true because then she later, as she's leaving, is like, he didn't even say anything. He's just staring at me. And I'm like, I know, yeah. I'm really smart of him. <laughs> yeah, that yep. was the correct move. That's all you can do. That's sort of what Katie was doing, too. She didn't fully... Yeah. Um, she didn't fully ice her the way that Matt did, but she was just very calm, um, just kind of not engaging, which is all you can do. It's Victoria general, like conversation tactic is a spider web mm -hmm. of just like move around and get stuck in my insane logic. Yeah. I will um, say there was one weird thing that I noticed which is before the rose ceremony, I think it might've been right after Victoria talked to Matt, but before the rose ceremony, she had this moment where she was spiraling out loud, kind of like on the patio near where all of the women were sitting talking about how she's like the only woman for Matt and all this. And she's ranting to somebody who she clearly thinks they understand because she said something to the effect of like, oh, and you know this, like, like they had talked about this before. And the person she's talking to is kept off camera, kind of obscured by a wall, which is typically what they do when they have a producer talking to a contestant or to The Bachelor, right? Right. And right. it's just this very weird moment where obviously they wanted to include it because of the awkward element of Victoria just completely bad-mouthing these women when they're within earshot and making all these faces at everything she says. Like, I get that. But it is very interesting to see this moment where Victoria is clearly confiding in a producer who she thinks is friendly to her or at least receptive to her feelings, right? And it just did bring me back to this feeling that like at every level of this episode with her leaving, it felt manufactured in the way that it felt like we were obviously supposed to celebrate her leaving. And I'm not saying that I think she's like, you know, a wonderful person who's gotten <laughs> this like malicious edit, but I do wonder once again, what has been left out mm -hmm. because yes. at, the, at the same time, Victoria also talked about how she had like, told him the truth about something, but it's never clear what she told him the truth about, unless she just means telling him that her calling Ryan a hoe was taken out of contact. Like it just felt like she had said something more to him than that, that there had been something more to their conversation than that. I don't know. It's, yeah. And you're, and you're right. There's either um, a mix of editing and and like on-site manipulation or Victoria's logic is outside of our understanding right and i mean it really could be that just as we've talked about this environment really got to her in a way that like sort of you know i don't know yeah. um but it just it did it was that like it was just a weird moment that really caught me thinking again of sort of what parts of this we aren't seeing it's sure. it can be really hard to tell i think what is us being manipulated and what is them being manipulated like what really stood out to me is um victoria saying that she brought so much joy to the house and everyone would be oh, yeah. sad to see her go and i was like is that delusion do people like her like what's the deal here because i remember um corinne who was on nick viles season yes mm -hmm. um was clearly the villain got the villain edit but those a lot of those women seem to like her like from right. the women tell all and on paradise and just in outside of the compound <laughs> activities right. they seem to genuinely enjoy her and be friends with her is that going to be the case with victoria i don't get that sense from what we saw but yeah i don't 
I don't get the sense that she's beloved within the house, although it is again striking the fact that they, the way they edited that, they cut straight from her saying how missed she'll be to Rachel giving a toast to having a more peaceful week to come in the house. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, regardless of how just the edit, quote unquote, is, you know, clearly we were supposed to find this gratifying. And I have to admit, it it, it was pretty, it was pretty It gratifying. worked. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it was pretty gratifying. It did work on me. I, it did, I fell for it. I did. It was, it was well executed. I hate that it was well executed. But <laughs> so uh, that leads to a question. And I, I don't know. Will we see Victoria on BIP? Yeah. You think? I don't I don't think I do I think they will reach out and ask? Yes. I think her uh experience on this show coming out on the other side of it is uniquely bad. Yeah. I might be a dummy, but I don't think we'll see her on BIP. I think she is the type of person who thrives on any sort of attention. I think she, I think if they reach out to her, which I expect them to, I think she'll do it. That, that's my official I, prediction. I could see it either. I could see it from both angles. Uh, hello, everyone. Back from a slight technical difficulty. My internet completely shit the bed. Uh, so sorry about that, but we are back. That's fine. Um, so, uh, I was asking something about BIP. Uh, I don't know exactly where we got cut out, uh, but the moment has passed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so, um, anything else we want to talk about with the rose ceremony? I think we can get into the group date. Yep. I think we can as, uh, we do not have the group date yet. Next is the Rachel one. Oh yeah, you're right. The weirdest. I hated this date. The shopping spree dates are always weird. I really hate them. I really hate them. Uh, so yeah, Matt takes. Uh, Matt has a one-on-one date with Rachel, who um, won't get too into it uh, for spoilers. But there are there is reason to believe that she uh, will be a very large contender. Uh, later in the game, and based on this date, I can see that coming. He's yep. very into her. Extremely mm-hmm. into her. Um, a one thing that I noticed, um, and it's one thing of like, ooh, when you see it, you can't not see it. Any opportunity he has to have his hands on her, he does. Yeah. Which is like flashing lights into her. Yeah, they also have that, like, I don't know, that just, like, height difference, sexual tension thing going on. Is that, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. It's just, like, there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes me uncomfortable because she looks very young to me. Um, This is how I feel about Kit, which we'll get to later. But, like, how you have taught, like, you've mentioned, because you've mentioned that in our DMs and that both times you've said that I immediately think about kids. <laughs> yeah. I, yes, it is. It is worth noting. They are adult women, but they just seem so young to me. They do. Yeah. I, I also have like a very bad, like eye for ages. So I'll admit that like Rachel for me seems a little, yes, like less young, but like, I mean, she definitely, she is young. I think the oldest person in this season is 29. So by definition, they are all, children to me because they're all <laughs> younger than me so they're children <laughs> matt is younger than me and that uh, hurts matt is 29 yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah i see that i see a full-grown man and i want to die <laughs> <laughs> but, but no yeah the thing it's so interesting my favorite part is when Rachel starts crying over the shoes. It is by far my favorite part of the date. Like the whole thing is just so weird because she's talking about how like this date demonstrates that he can support me. And I'm like, but the show got all of this. Yeah, yeah what, is, what is this he fiction that The Bachelor was paying for this? Right, like he didn't buy you that this proves nothing. Like putting aside the sort of like patriarchal notions that all of that entails, which like whatever, I don't care. We we know what we sign up for with this show. <laughs> but like, but come on, are you? You know he didn't buy any of this. Like you, you know, know he that. Didn't. You know the same that. 
it's the same way that he in, uh, introduced the fashion designer as like my very good friend, this fashion stylist. <laughs> like, He's not your good friend. You, you met are... him 20 minutes ago, maybe. Right. Like there were just so many things on this date that I was like, but that's not, that's just not true. Why are you telling me that this is true? <laughs> they also both said that they're the ugliest dress that she tried on was their favorite, which really irked me. <laughs> The red slash pink with the the cape. Yeah, the ruching just doesn't. I hate the ruching. It's very now, but I also don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> There's a lot of ruching this season, and I don't like any of it. Why is there so much ruching? It reminds me of like my eighth grade dances. I hate it. What's uh? What's ruching? It's when the fabric like gathers up like that. You know what I'm talking about? I can't Emily, visualize I that at all. You, I think our eighth grade dances are like the retro trends that are now like popular on Revolve. No, our, thank you. our eighth grade dances are like vintage chic now. I hate it. We're looking at like the Macy's prom dresses. <laughs> I did wear a red ruched dress to my, I think, ninth grade homecoming or something. <laughs> I rest my case. You don't like this dress because it reminds you of ninth grade homecoming. That's it. That's definitely it. This has been our therapy session and we'll see you next week. Uh, But yeah, no, uh, as you said, shopping dates are weird. This date was weird, but clearly they are very into each other to the point where I loved this. She gets back for like, I love that now that they're all like quarantined, like like she gets back. And she has to get ready for the night date portion. And one of the women, I can't remember who, but they literally were like, oh, she's in love. And it was just this <laughs> wonderful moment where, like, it's the opposite of the, like, oh, she's here for the wrong reasons. It's just, like, this defeated admission of, like, god damn it, she's in love. You know yeah. what I mean? That said, there was something just – so she steps in back into the compound yes. uh, and has all of these items she has oh, received yes, on yes. the state while all of the women are together on the couch and, like, we're just – you can just see the fucking producers just, like, we will sow more tension. Wait, okay, so – America's Next Top Model, I cannot even tell you. <laughs> okay, so now it's time for me to put on my tinfoil hat, but, like – there was nothing in the rest of those bags, right? Like she just got the dress and the shoes. That's no, my theory. I don't think so. You think, think they so. gave her tens of thousands of dollars worth of clothes? Yes. Um, and it was not on the show. The show didn't pay for any of it. No, I understand oh, no, that. But I, but I think that's not what she's saying. No, I think those bags were empty. No, I think that's a bridge too far. She left them in the... She left them. Mm, I don't buy it. I, she, mean, I think there was one item per bag and they were stuffed with tissue paper. I don't buy that. I think I she got the one dress and the shoes. Don't buy it. Uh, I have no idea. However, she was really, really into those shoes. Like, if her and Matt don't work out, at least she got the second love of her life, which is those <laughs> shoes. The red she, bottoms. She cried over them. I mean, I've never been in confronted with shoes that expensive. I cannot say how I would react. I just really love, I don't know why. I just, it, it filled me with joy watching her cry. It is. Over re- the shoes. Yeah, it's, it's very good. We all love Cardi B. I get it. <laughs> um, um so then it heads to dinner and uh it's a pretty bo- aside from the fact that they are like really googly eyes and vibing it uh it is a pretty boring date in the way front runners often are there's nothing i love more than two hot people telling each other no i thought you were out of my league no i thought you were out of my um yeah, that's that's kind of about all there was to it. Um, well, I mean, there was. She said that she was falling in love with him, and he said, "Can I tell you something? Right. I'm falling in love with you too." And that's when I was like, "Her?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I I expect we will be seeing her uh, bare minimum in the top two. Oh yeah, I yeah, I've got her and two other women in my head as like you're. I feel like you're the last three people I'm gonna see. Who who you got? Who you got? I, her, Michelle, and Abigail are kind of the ones. 
uh, bouncing around my brain mm-hmm. right now. Do you not remember Michelle or Abigail? Yes, you do. <laughs> Remind me. There's so many women. <laughs> if they um, were not literally the focus of the episode, I don't remember them. Abigail is uh, deaf. She was featured prominently okay. in the beginning. She's very good friends with Maggie. Their friendship is very cute. Um, and she had a good date moment, which we'll get to later because it was on the group date, which we're not at yet. But then um, Michelle is the one. She was one of the new women incoming who had the amazing one-on-one date. And that was like right. her first interaction yes. with Matt. Those yes. to me, and I don't know, which again, this is because of the group date. I'm not as positive about Michelle as I was last week. But like, those are still the three women that like, if I try to picture who I can see going all the way in this thing, those are the three that I think right. about the most. Mm-hmm. They they did also have a very good demonstration of like googly eyes. Yes. Um. So I guess we can move on to the group date. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Farm. It's a farm. farm. In Farmington. We're in Farmington and they're on a farm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was mostly just like, it's your typical, uh, they're in the mud. Oh, they don't like it. um, Type of stuff. Um, Or or more, they they made a point that MJ was not having a good time. I was going to say, but like, it's always... They always cast bachelors and bachelorettes who are like, like Matt's whole thing where he's like, I'm a New Yorker, but I'm from North Carolina and I'm a country boy at heart. I'm like, just once I want the bachelor or the bachelorette to be like, I'm a really fussy urbanite and I'm really concerned about my doings in this mud. (laughs) Someone I can relate to. Yes. Um, So, uh, Let's see what goes on. This group date was pretty busy. There were a lot of kind of little storyline hits. Um, the one that stands out to me is MJ. MJ chases Matt in a very flirtatious way at one point, driving him directly into another uh, woman's uh, interview where they proceed to make out. Yep. It was so great. It was so That's great. That's not, oh, I'm just trying to imagine that happening and... That would be, I would just go home. I think. <laughs> well, and it, it was, um, Piper was yes. the one in the end. And, and she said, like, you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to do this. It was truly like watching that was just like reliving my entire eighth grade experience <laughs> all over. <laughs> like, yeah, sometimes it'd be like that. <laughs> I did in that one moment I did feel for MJ because I was like, that is a deeply relatable thing to have happen. <laughs> but yeah, I know. And she's like trying to it, there was like this moment where she's trying to kind of play it off. She's like, Well, that's awkward. And it's like, no, it really it is awkward. It is, yeah. yeah. For real. <laughs> um, so that does actually um upset is maybe a strong word, but like a lot of the women note like, uh, this sucks. It doesn't feel good. No, I mean, and especially this is when I think they start talking to Michelle, who, as I said previously, had this dreamy one-on-one date uh, to the extent that one can have one in this season. Um, and and now she's been talking about this is her first group date. So to go from the two-on-one to the group date, as we've seen for women who've experienced this in the past, is very difficult because you're going from oh, this is amazing, and we're literally floating above the trees together to, oh, shit, this is you and all your other girlfriends, and I hate it. Right. <laughs> um, and we've also got, we're, it's a group date with also a week five bachelor. Uh, and something has to have now altered your brain chemistry, correct? We're just like, all of these gorgeous women want to kiss me all of the time. <laughs> that has to break your brain a little bit. I was thinking earlier, actually, that right around and after week five, I think, is the crucial shift happens, which is (laughs) you go into a situation where all of the women are talking about their relationship in the context of just that relationship, but the bachelor is clearly thinking and talking about his connections within the context of all of his other connections, which is to say, like, when he says something like, oh yeah, I really see myself falling in love with you. You'll hear that and think, oh yeah, with me. 
And he's thinking, yeah, with you and three other people in this group, <laughs> right. this yep. is how I feel toward this group of people. You know what I mean? Like, this is when you start to really see, like, it's not to diminish the intensity of the connection in either direction, but it's just this interesting phase where it's like, this is where, for one side of the equation, the possessiveness is really going to kick in, and for the other you're in the very weird stage of the psychological experiment where you just have to compartmentalize and not think about all of the ways that we are like socialized to behave because you are not dating like a normal human anymore. <laughs> right, you. <laughs> you're you, not we, doing it anymore. We do things differently on the compound. <laughs> things are different for you, Matt. <laughs> really, like the compound starts to take like a very unique toll on the bachelor or the bachelorette, but in a way that mostly harms the people they're dating. Right, right, right. <laughs> they're just the ones that get to be like, oh yeah, everyone on this farm wants to make out with me. <laughs> that has to go to your head in it, like in a way that you can't blame any the, the bachelor, bachelorette. Like that has to change something on a deep chemical level what, being in a social bubble where literally everyone you walk up to at any given point would be willing and interested in making out with you yeah enthusiastically it's excited i mean this is literally how like shit like nexium happens. Yeah. <laughs> like this is how cults form yeah. it's so it's so bizarre but it is funny it, <laughs> it felt almost metaphorical because right after uh matt makes out with piper and everyone sees and the sort of uh you know chill sets in that is when whether or not this is actually how it happened or an editing trick i don't know but that's right when it starts snowing and storming yeah. <laughs> 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 um okay anything else on this group day uh, no, I think the only other thing that happens is, uh, when they get back and, uh, he starts talking to MJ. Right. This is during group date nights. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is during the, the, the night portion of the, of the farm date. So they're no longer at the farm. Right. <laughs> They've so, uh, cleaned up and they're not at the farm. Right. What happens in the MJ conversation? He essentially pulls her aside and indicates that he has been told, like her name has come up and he tells her that he has been informed by somebody, he doesn't say who, that she has been sort of a the antagonist of the house and like leading uh, the charge against these new women uh, along with sort of the other people. At which point, this is where she sort of trots out her, like, the for the first time, you know, she says, like, I lead by example or something like that. She's, like, acting very surprised. Shot. <laughs> She's, like, acting so surprised that her name has come up. Uh, and it's interesting, actually, because when he first starts the conversation, uh, he says something, and she is very much trying to sort of convince him that there isn't a situation until she suddenly, you can see when it happens, realizes, oh, he's actually, like... There was a moment where she seemed to think he wasn't taking it seriously. And then there's a moment where she realizes that he is in fact taking it seriously. And he's about to ask her some shit. And she's like, Oh no. <laughs> Just the click of like seeing Matt go to, I missed one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm also fucked. Yeah. Oh, okay. I okay. thought, I thought I dodged a bullet there. No, 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 no. Right. It got me in the ribs and now it's infected. <laughs> Right. So this is the first time she says, I lead by example. If I see something, I'm going to make peace and harmony, which like, again, just, I cannot stress enough the darkness of the vibes I have been clocking from her for weeks. Deeply sinister. Just, like, so I've been thinking for weeks. I'm like, this is one of the most just like instinctually aggressive people I have ever seen. Like seemingly, again, I, I shouldn't, you know, we don't know, you know, what she's like in real life but like based on this edit i'm like this is such an aggressive person well it's You're i think it is very notable that it seems like a lot of the time both in this franchise and in life the people who are so aggressively i'm all about good vibes i'm all about getting rid of toxic shit i'm all what does she say like I preach harmony. Yes. Those are she the leads by example. <laughs> Those are the people who, when they don't get their way, 
immediately become vicious. Yes. Also, in my experience, anybody who sincerely talks about preaching anything <laughs> who isn't like ordained in some way, I'm already like, mm. I, <laughs> Pre- preaching how and to whom and for why. <laughs> I just the way this woman seems to view herself is wild. Yes. The, All this curly hair and she thinks she has a flock, you know? <laughs> the, the only thing I like about her is her hair. I, I do love the I do love the perm. It's full of rage. It's full of secrets and rage. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, so she kept saying, I lead by example. And it's like, one, why do you think you're a leader here? Two, mm-hmm. what is your example that you're setting? Three, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right. And so MJ then, this is how, so MJ leaves like this conversation with Matt and then goes in to talk to Jasenia, like talk to the group. And this is when Jasenia comes out and says, well, I told Matt about the JV varsity squad thing. And I mentioned that you were the one who started that. Like this, that is how we then finally get to revealing Jasenia's role in all of this. Jasenia seems to be enjoying this role. (laughs) Uh, it's kind of taking up a bit of Dragon Slayer. Yeah. Most screen time she's gotten in weeks. Of course she's enjoying it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I actually really, like, I I like the way she handled all of this a lot in the sense that I think she has a very similar, she's in a very similar situation right now to where Marilyn was with Victoria. Uh, but she has this refusal to be like backed into a corner on anything. So like she, I don't like, she doesn't come off as aggressive, but she is very much able to go toe to toe with somebody. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't know. Like the other part of this is that like, I still ultimately like she's in that group of people who I'm like, I just feel like if Matt has not made time for you, I don't think you're going to be around a long time. <laughs> right. But I, right. But I do think she just sealed herself a future on BIP that I'm not going to hate. Like, I would like to see more of her after this. The part where she literally, like, is MJ is just ranting at her. And Jasenia is just like, are you done? I'm like, beautiful. That's beautifully done. It's not for you. I love that. <laughs> I Yes. I, I, for the most part, liked how she handled herself here. I think she gets a little into the trap of trying to get a good soundbite in. Oh, yeah. Um, And that... I, I always clock that and I'm like, this isn't, they're not going to edit this how you think they are. <laughs> You're going to look a little floundering. Yeah. But I, I I agree for the most part that the way she handles MJ just kind of trying to bully her. Um, right. Well, and I mean, I think, you know, we can sort of maintain a healthy amount of skepticism in terms of, like, how much of this is her valorous desire to defend the other women versus her desire to just, like, come across, to make any sort of impression in this episode, right? Like, we don't know how much of this was motivated by actual concern for these other women and how much of it was just, well, people will pay attention to me if I do this. (laughs) It worked (laughs) the first time. But I mean, listen, you know, I think her and Katie are the only two people who have really put in any effort to heal any of the toxicity in the house, you know, in any substantive way. Like, I don't know. I, I really liked the way she handled herself in this episode. Yeah. I was very impressed. Yeah. Um, so that mostly, uh, I think that mostly handles the, uh, what I have on my notes is MJ fallout, which is what we <laughs> close the episode on. Uh, the only thing to circle back to is Kit has a one-on-one. Yeah. Oh, yes. I forgot about Kit's one-on-one because I just blocked that from my memory. It's very forgettable. There's not much to talk about. They um they, they cook cookies, which does nothing to make me see her less like a child. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I will say I'm in theory more interested in these very simple dates where they can talk. Uh, and like, cause like, yes, it is a show about romance and I want to see some googly eyes yeah. or, or like, and I want to kind of like assess game tape in that way, but the show still doesn't give us that. I want like, a, I want to see real stuff. Um, so I always get frustrated by these dates that just are there feel like more like they're filling time. 
I mean, I think in the show's defense, I don't think there was much to see here. Their conversation seemed to be very boring. Well, which is, I guess, this is the thing that bums me out about her being, like, I know I keep, like, joking about, like, she looks like a child, but I will also say that so much of what she said and how she carries herself reminds me candidly of how I was at 21 just in the sense of how young you are at that time and it's just like if we're gonna still act like this is a show about getting engaged and all that like I just uh, like she's talking about the amazingness of this connection and like we said it is like unless there were some like really amazing conversation it was a very boring date she's like he's seen me like nobody's seen me before and I'm like what are you talking about like all I am seeing is like you guys making out on a counter and talking about the most basic shit like right. I don't know yeah. it just that's the thing to me that's frustrating is that like it's uninteresting to watch first of all like yeah the younger you are i think like i don't know and the more susceptible you are to the compounds manipulations to make you fall in love with this man for sure like it just i don't know i just don't see any way that it actually goes anywhere and it just it's frustrating because there are other people who have already gone home who i'm like you know, I I don't know. I just think that there was a more serious chance of love here. And I don't feel like he's being manipulated into keeping Kit around or anything. I think he genuinely seems to enjoy her. But, like, I don't know. I just, I found this date really boring and for, like, a very frustrating reason, I guess. I don't know why it rubbed me the wrong way, but it did. I mean, yeah, she's, she's 21. She's very privileged. Her mom is Cynthia Rowley, a very famous fashion designer. That was also very funny because she was like, oh, I grew up around gold Bentleys and red carpets and like my mother is so successful, but I don't think they ever just come out and say this woman's name. Right. Like, <laughs> I really want you to be like, oh, who's this girl's mom? Let me Google her. Right. Um, and it's like, it, this is not relatable in any way. And they kind of want us to feel at least not sorry for her, but. To find her find what she's saying compelling in any sort of way and it's just not it, it combined her socialite life with the fact that she's 21 and just like looking back on my relationships with much <laughs> with a, a, a man almost 10 years older than me when I was 21 it, it was so intense Right. About nothing. <laughs> right. I don't know. I just, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it, man. <laughs> uh, I will. Yeah, it is funny that we're recording this on the day that, like, Chrissy Teigen got yelled at for tweeting about her $13,000 <laughs> wine. Because I'm like, that is also the same amount of, like, sad violin, tiny violin sympathy I have for the gold Bentleys and red carpet <laughs> problem. I'm like, it's 2021 and I need you to read the room better. <laughs> well, it was the way that she kept talking about like, oh, my, the kitchen is my happy place with my mom. That's how we bonded. And it's like, yeah, I guess, I guess that makes sense that you guys don't have to make dinner every night <laughs> okay i don't know like i bought it with my mom in the kitchen i don't i just yeah i i don't know yeah it's more like i i, can, I get what you're saying though yeah like i also just like my mom just made dinner every night in right. the kitchen and i don't see cynthia rally doing it so that that makes sense to me but i don't feel like it's something that I care about with the, this woman at all. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I am skeptical of just all of it. I don't know. But uh, I will say also with uh, MJ and Jesenia, the one thing left with them is that they ended on a two-on-one. So that's like our cliffhanger. Not a proper two-on-one date. We may not get those right now. They did bring the suitcase. They There was a very dramatic shot of them staring at each other after bring, wheeling their suitcases to the Oh, door. I didn't notice that. Yeah, no, it is a two. Like, there was a date card and everything. It's a two-on-one. Hey, I guess you're right, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we don't know who, how that's going to end, but it's implied that one or both of them is going home. It is a very low-key two-on-one. <laughs> they're, right. they're not on an island. 
they're on a compound. There's only so much. There's only so there's much only they so can much do. Location. Take them up to the water. roof. <laughs> uh, oh, and Abigail won the group date rose, so it was a good group date for right. her. Yes. The other one. Uh, and that about sums up this week. This was a wild. One. Well, I mean, the the opening was wild. The rest fell pretty into line. Uh, and then uh, doing some cleanup with MJ. She clearly scattered away, but. <laughs> Matt found her. <laughs> Next week, uh, we've got Tyler C. coming back. Yeah. Tyler C. Uh, that'll be fun. He's he's a nice boy, I think. Yeah, I we like him. him <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Is there anything else we need to go over about um, the Bachelor franchise? What do you think Heather Martin's doing coming back? Uh that's the only that's the only other unfinished business we got from my very confused notes <laughs> yeah we'll deal with it when it comes up I, yeah I, I mean i it sounds like she maybe had some dms with matt and wants to wants the chance to kiss him some uh, uh, who knows I found her so uninteresting during Colton season, so I can't wait to find out if she's interesting this season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't even remember her. She's fully left my brain. When I exactly. when we saw her in the promo, like I re- I remember what she looked like. Yes, I've seen her before, but couldn't tell you a damn thing about her. <laughs> that was my her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was my she can wreck this season. Her. uh well i guess we'll find out next week and scream about it on wednesday night uh so hey laura bradley where can we find you on the internet you can find me on twitter at lp bradley heck yeah emily p heller where are you on the internet i'm at emily p heller most places and uh, I'm at Brian is a Goblin on Twitter. I also got a D&D show called TV and D on Thursday nights uh, at twitch.tv slash TV and D. That's the Chris Harrison Power Hour for this week. Thank you again, as always. Laura Bradley, Emily P. Heller. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Chris Harrison is daddy. Chris Harrison is daddy. Chris Harrison is daddy. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.